largest pro wrestling events in the country, WrestleCade, returns to Winston-Salem, November 24th to the 26th. Meet your favorite wrestling stars, experience live wrestling events, shop for exclusive wrestling merch and more. Three days of family-friendly fun for fans of all eras during WrestleCade, November 24th to the 26th. Your chance to meet the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. It all goes down at the Benton Convention Center in Winston-Salem. Get your tickets now, WrestleCade.com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to back to The Binge Buster Show. It's been quite a while uh, since we've had a uh, episode here, but we are back stronger, better, bigger than ever. New logo, new everything. Uh, well, except for your host, we're uh, still around. And right now, before I go any further, I want to bring on my co-host. I'm talking about none other than Mr. Rock and Roll himself, Chris Playboy Plano. Chris, what is going on? Oh, Tony, it has been way, way, way too long. So great to hear your voice. So great to be back on the Bench Buster Show we have so much to cover tonight, and I, I know we're probably not going to get it all in. We're going to have to do multiple episodes, but excited to be back, and, uh, and thank you for having me on. Man, I'm excited, Chris. It's been, a, like, like we say, it's been quite a m- moment since we've uh, had a Binge Buster show, but uh, a lot going on in your life, my life, the podcast life. Uh, as everyone knows, uh, just uh, early on this year, we uh, uh, I upgraded our um, studio uh, with some new recording equipment, and unfortunately, that recording equipment had some flaws. I had to send it back, and uh, of course, we were at the mercy of the mail, uh, mercy of the uh, returns and uh, customer service. I mean, you name it, we've had the issues, but I think and I'm hoping we have them all worked out, and now we can get back to doing what we do best on this show, and that's talk about wrestling and rock and roll and Chris, I'm telling you, this summer is going to be red hot. Uh, before we get into the wrestling action, let's talk about the m- music action. Uh, we have got a ton of concerts coming up over the next couple months, uh, especially here in the Charlotte area. And, of course, worldwide, as Motley Crue uh, has uh, launched their um, their uh, European tour with Def Leppard, but not just Def Leppard, a new guitarist. Mick Mars has uh, left the band, and uh, I think that was one of the last things we talked about on, on one of our last episodes. Uh, but John Five has replaced Mick Mars, and uh, Chris, have you had a chance to see any of these shows on online with uh, with John Five? Yeah, you know, Tony, I have. Um, I'm not going to say I've seen whole shows. I've seen some snippets, uh, some songs here and there. Um, you know, and. Uh, Hey, seems to be blending in. Um, you know, it is not the original Motley Crue by by any means, but you know, you still, you know, you still got Vince Neil, Nikki Six, Tommy Lee out there as well, and and now John Five has blended in with the band, and uh, um, you know, they they did a, a you know a couple of shows here in the U.S. before uh, kicking off the European tour, and. Uh, they're off and running. Crowds are are drawn, and, and you know they're still doing the alternating of who's closing each night. And then now their special guest is is Alice Cooper opening up for uh, for both bands, and that, that that's a show just in itself. And uh, hey, man, they're rocking and rolling, and they got about a half a dozen shows uh, in the United States coming up, uh, um, you know, later this summer. And uh, I know the fans are looking forward to having them back here uh, on the mainland. Yeah, I, I, I like like I said, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I haven't had a chance to watch a complete uh, show, but from the the clips I have saw, uh, it seems like John Five is showing and and giving a lot of um, you know uh, uh, he's still not going in and changing the songs out a whole lot, still playing them pretty much the way uh, Mick Mars played. So therefore, you know, you, 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 you don't feel like there's a huge change, although you look up, you know, I'm I'm so used to always seeing three black headed guys and one blonde. Now we got two blondes, two blackheads. So uh 
you know, it's uh, and of course, uh, John Five definitely looks like he would be in Motley Crue the way he dresses, the way he looks. Uh, but he's definitely a great guitar player, and I think that he's going to carry Motley Crue uh, for you know a few more years. Oh, absolutely! He's extended the band. Uh, you know, Mick wanted to step aside. I mean, we you know if we go back to, you know, when the final tour contract was signed, and and you know. And that they said this was going to be it, and you know, and then they came with the stadium tour, and and the stadium tour was announced, and COVID was hit, uh, you know, with the pandemic, you know, around the world, which held up, you know, the tour for a couple of years, and you know, mixed up through it, he, you know, he fulfilled his contract that was originally signed for the stadium tour, like the rest of the band members did, and they want to keep going, and maybe it was time for him to take a step back, but. You know, John Five's doing well. I mean, he doesn't want to be Mick Mars. He's not Mick Mars. I think the fans get it. I'm John Five, but I'm going to play the Motley Crue tunes as close as I can, you know, to Mick Mars on, on, on you know, electric guitar. And, and I, I think he's doing a great job, you know, just a, a few months into the gig. Yeah, I I agree, and uh, and and he's doing a fantastic job, and uh, it it's it doesn't seem like it's really uh, changed many of the fans. Uh, people are still buying tickets; they're still selling out stadiums, and uh, you know I I, I think they're definitely going to going to continue for a while. I know at first I was a little me me being an avid huge Motley Crue fan, I was like, what? Come on, what are we doing here? Um, but uh, and I think I even went as far to say I don't think I'd ever buy another Motley Crue ticket. But I've kind of changed my mind about that. Um, I mean, if if they come close here, uh, I'd definitely load up in the car with you and drive down and check it out. But uh, uh, it 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 kind of be cool to kind of see them without McMars. Um, uh, but but if you go back in time, all the different uh incarnations of Motley Crue. Uh, it's always been the same mainstays. It's always been Nikki and Mick. So it looks kind of odd up looking up there and seeing somebody else, uh, you know, on his side of the stage. But I definitely think John Five is going to carry on the Motley Crue name. And uh, um, and of course, I, I saw where they announced uh, some some new songs coming out pretty soon. So uh, we're definitely going to keep our ears out uh, and and wait for that to to happen. Absolutely. I mean, I think. You know, once they get through this extension of the tour in, in, in 2023 and, and see where it goes from there, you know, if they come up with some new material, I think it would be great for the fans and to, and to see, you know, how far they're going to potentially take this. I, I mean, it seems like they're gelling together well. I really haven't heard any negative comments from anyone internally in the band, personally, unless I'm missing something along the way. And, uh, you know, so far so good, and I and I and I, I think they love being overseas. They're they're seeing a, you know, an audience they haven't seen in a good number of years, and uh, you know they're 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 playing the tunes. The set list is tight. It's pretty much not changing up night to night at all. And 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 you know you're you're going to get the same show no matter what city they're coming to. They're really not, you know, playing favorites. And you know you're going to go to one city, and next thing you know, Motley's playing five more songs that they didn't play three nights ago, but they're playing, right. they're pretty much sticking to the same, you know, thread of songs every, every night from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, we've also got guns and roses is coming. Um, Brett Michaels is coming. I mean, there, there are some, there are some really good shows coming to the Carolinas. Well, you know, all over. Uh, so I'm definitely yeah, excited for I, this summer. It's going to be a, a fun summer of, uh, of, of music for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you this, um, you know, and telling fans now and the, all the concerts are coming. We've already had some big ones here in Charlotte at PNC, out the outdoor amphitheater. And uh, you know, Janet Jackson was here. Godsmack was here already. Um, the Dead and Company were in town last week. I'm going to tell fans right now, Tony, I know you know this. If you're planning to go to a show, these outdoor shows, you got to get there early. You oh, got to yeah. get there early. You got to get parked. You got to hang out. Because I'm still telling you, I'm reading stuff online that somebody, as crazy as it sounds, Tony, as crazy as it sounds, so far past COVID that we're, in, we're at now, mm-hmm. these places are still not running at full capacity as far as staffing goes. Oh, I know. It's crazy. And, 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 and when you got 20, 25,000 people invading a, a, a venue, 
it, and they're not fully staffed, it, it impacts. And we've had traffic problems. There's been concession problems, you know, lines are getting in, ticket-taking, parking. So you got to get there early. you got to make a day of it. And it, the days of rolling up to an arena, yes, at least for an outdoor show, those days are gone. When it's sold out, you got to get there early. Yeah, 100%. So... I, 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 and I think that's something that you and I have always done when we go to concerts. We don't just show up at the last minute. We don't show up right. 20 minutes. We, we're there hours before uh, doors open and, and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're ready. We get in and we don't have any issues. Um, so, uh, you know, everybody else needs to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they're, they're, they're still feeling the pinch a lot of these places, believe it or not, you know, concession stands and uh, parking attendants, ticket takers, uh, uh, security. I mean, they're still feeling it. As crazy as that sounds, you got to really take that extra buffer into consideration, and um, you know, really, just so, just because you know you pay so much for the tickets, and it's it, you don't want to rush, and and you want to you know, you know, just plan properly. I think is what we're saying. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, I know fans, you probably heard at the top of the program right before we went on the air. Uh, it's that time of year again. We're getting close. I know it's several months out, but hey, we you know we always preparing. We're getting ready. But WrestleCade uh, is coming back to Winston Salem, North Carolina, November twenty fourth through the twenty sixth, uh, and they are already announcing a ton, a plethora of guests, such as the Boogeyman, uh, Brian Danielson, Buff Bagwell, Bugsy McGraw. C.J. Perry, Crazy Steve, Devon Dudley, George South, Jake the Snake Roberts, our good friend, handsome Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, um, Caitlin, uh, NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kerry Morton. Um, uh, the list goes on and on. Nick Gage, Ricky Morton. Uh, they are announcing a lot of these. And, and here's one I'm excited about. Uh, for the first time in a long time, the uh, fabulous one, Steve Kern and Stan Lane, uh, are going to be making a, an appearance uh, for photo ops. There's going to be tons more, and as we get closer to uh, WrestleCade, we'll talk more uh, about that. But right now, fans, before we uh, get, get get to the main event of our podcast, uh, we've got one more commercial. Our my good friends, and I will be there this Saturday. The NAWA returns to Morganton, North Carolina for the big, huge event, uh, Thunderdome 4. And incidentally, Chris, this is the first time that the NAWA has done the Thunderdome. Thunderdome. I can't say that. But first time that they've done a Thunderdome that yours truly is not involved in. Uh, I've decided to uh, break away. Uh, do my own little singles thing. I got my manager, Bobby Lee, and uh, he uh, said, you know, hey, Tony, uh, there's no reason for you to get in this cage and spill any blood, hurt yourself. Uh, we've already proven to uh, to everybody in the Carolinas that we can beat the uh, the Moonshine Express, the B&B. Uh, we've, we've decimated him several times, so we're moving on to, to bigger and better things, and uh, I got my eyes set on that NAWA Heavyweight Championship belt. That's a belt that I have not held yet, uh, and um, my goal is before I lace up and hang up the boots, I'm going to have that belt around my waist. I don't care who's the champion. Somebody is going to give yours truly a title shot at some point in time. But before I get to that, I got to prove myself in the singles competition like I hadn't already done that. But uh, Ted is going to be uh, the first uh, person to fall at uh, the hands of yours truly. Uh, but but huge match, huge event coming up this Saturday. And right now we're going to take it to the commercial and let them tell you all about this huge event coming to Morganton, North Carolina this Saturday. Uh, that's Saturday, June the 10th. Team 
to see that one it's going to be uh, because it's going to be a bloodbath for sure man tony I, I i know those guys they're fired up morganton get on out this saturday night the thunderdome's returning who knows when they're going to pull this one back out of out of the woodshed again it sounds like a great card i know you're going to have your work cut out for you as well but at the end of the day i know you'll come on top you got your manager in your corner and uh you know, you got your eyes set on bigger and better things, but uh, boy, what an exciting night! I know those guys are ready, and and even likewise, I know we talked about WrestleCade. I know we're only in June, but let me tell you, November and Thanksgiving is not that far away. And I know those guys with AML Wrestling up in Winston Salem, and and I, they work so hard on this. I mean, I really think, I think they take maybe just a, a few weeks or a month off after WrestleCade ends, and I think around the first of the year. They start planning it for the following November, so hats off to them. And that list is going to just explode over the next three, four, five months with adding more uh, talent um, from both today and, and, and in the past. And uh, it'll be another stellar event up at the uh, Benton Convention Center in Winston-Salem. Yeah, it's, it's going to be on fire, that's for sure, and I can't wait to, to be there for that. Uh, beginning, I'm sure. I'm sure you would love to get Boogie in the ring. Oh man, you know I've, I've been. Well, one more time, that would be the place. Well, I've been trying that, <laughs> and from what I've understood and what I've heard uh, through the grapevine, I believe there is a the Bobby Lee, my manager, is working on signing one more time, terrific Tony, the Saturday Night Superstar, one more time against handsome Jimmy, the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. That might be. And he's telling me sometime that he that he's been talking to the matchmaker, the promoters, and he's been talking to Jimmy Valiant himself. Uh, and it seems like he, you know, Boogie's booked everywhere, and I think he's got an open date sometime in September. So okay, uh, so the word on the street is September. I get my uh, one more time to uh, finally retire the Jim, the Boogie Woogie Man, and that's my plan. Uh, so be on the be on the lookout for that. Listen out for that. Uh, that is definitely coming up here uh, in the next few months. That so. would be awesome. I know that. I know this would be a bucket list for you in 2023 to retire the boogeyman permanently, and probably even walk out with his leather jacket and you take it home as well. I'm going to take it and then I'm going to put it on eBay and sell it. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I'll make sure I get a certificate of authenticity so some dumbass can't 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 like complain and and accuse me of doing something wrong uh you know like uh, some prick fuck that we know has done uh but anyway that that's a different story for a different podcast but uh getting, getting back to the NAWA uh sorry I got a little fired up there for a second Chris but uh uh normally true Tony uh, the Saturday Night Superstar doesn't use that kind of language but uh the, this person has stuck their I mean they pissed me off so much that even when I think about it, I get hot, and I and I apologize to the listeners at home for hearing me uh, lose my temper. You're fine. But, but getting back to the NAWA uh, Thunderdome Four, uh, of course, we got the big main event War Games. Uh, it's going to be two teams, one winner. We're talking about Team Vega versus Team Fury. Uh, I'm going to have to put my money. If I was put my money on somebody, I have to put it on uh, Team Fury, uh, even though uh, you know. I'm not in there on his team this year, but I think that the, that, that 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 group has got a pretty good chance at defeating uh, Team Vega. Uh, but then the second cage match for the NAWA World Heavyweight title, Big Donnie defends the title against Mer- Myrick Moore. Uh, those, those two are no strangers to each other, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. But, uh, but, but then some other matches, uh, of course, uh, yours truly taking on Ted. Uh, then we got um, one of the Allen brothers, Mason Allen, uh, taking on Jamie Purge. Uh, so that's that, that's going to be a pretty pretty good match. Uh, and then of course the NAWA Tag Team Champions, the Allens, uh, 
looking to uh, defend their title against the Ghetto Superstars. Chris, this is a new team that has came on the horizon, has came into NAWA. Um, so a uh, very old school team. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But this Saturday night is going to be on fire, and I cannot wait to uh, lace up my boots and pick out some uh, nice outfit I've got and wear it and come there to Morganton and show them why I have been the Saturday Night Superstar for over 30-some years. Man, it is going to be on fire there from top to bottom. A loaded card. The Thunderdome in itself is worth the price of admission. Don't miss it, Morganton. When the NAWA comes to town, they're bringing it all. I, I know those those guys, they're, they're training hard, they're getting ready, and they're going to give it all and give you a show that you're never going to forget wanting to know when, the, when they're coming back to town with the next date, and uh, it'll be a great time. So I can't wait to hear uh, how you do. I, unfortunately, I can't make it. I have to go to a wedding this Saturday night, but I, I know you do well, and I'll, I'll be looking forward to uh, hearing the results um, afterwards. I'm sure you'll text her or call me or something. Yeah, for sure, it's, it's, and uh, I, you know, it's going to be good. I know you'll, you'll enjoy it, uh, you know, hearing, how, hearing how bad I uh, embarrass uh, Ted. And uh, and then you know who knows what else might happen that this Saturday while I'm there, so uh, I'm excited about that and ready to do it. So. Yeah, and and, and, I'll, and and I'll I'll clarify for the fans, Tony. I have to attend a wedding. I'm not getting mad. Oh yeah, <laughs> about say you can't be Chris can't walk now. You can walk down the aisle, but you can't walk down that aisle. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll be I'll be attending uh, uh, quietly in the back. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Uh, well, fans, uh, as we get ready to wrap up this week's show, uh, before we do, we got to get to the main event of the show. And uh, uh, we were actually going to talk about something else, but something happened uh, that we that I definitely like to uh, talk about. And uh, and it's going to be a sad, uh, a sad uh, announcement. But also, we're not only going to stay sad, we're going to talk about the positiveness. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, the Iron Sheik. Uh, has tragically passed away. Uh, from what I'm reading, he passed away in his sleep uh, at, at, at his home there uh, in Fayetteville, Georgia. Uh, he died uh, on June the 7th. Of, I guess when this podcast drops, it will be yesterday. So, um, unfortunately, uh, we, we, I, I'm the bearer of bad news and got to drop those bad news. But, Chris, uh, for, for a couple minutes, let's talk about uh, – what was the first time uh do you remember the first time that you ever saw the Iron Sheik on TV? Oh, I mean I mean Tony, I mean the first time that I saw the Iron Sheik um I will say I you know and again I'm I'm going back uh, I was really young. I do remember him in his early days in the NWA. Um he did uh, wrestle in the NWA and and was kind of somewhat territorial, but really, you know, I will always remember the Iron Sheik for beating Bob Backlund in Madison Square Garden for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship, and Arnold Skolin throwing the towel in. Backlund was in the camel clutch in the middle of the ring, and. That really was the setup for what Vince McMahon had for Hulk Hogan. I mean, that is the the, the memory of, and, and at a time when the United States was not in best, you know, interest with Iran, there was a war going on, and it was an interesting, interesting time for professional wrestling. Yeah, it really was, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the Iron Sheik really... Uh, a lot, what a lot of people don't know, um, you know, he was he was legit. Like he was real tough. Uh, he also trained a lot of guys, and in the old days they called stretch. They stretched a ton of guys, and uh, just right. to, just to see if they were, uh, you know, worthy enough to to uh, to to be in our business. I mean, uh, I mean, great amateur background, Olympic medalist. Um, you know, you know, represented his country, um, and. When when you look at the Iron Sheik, I mean, he was uh, you know a man who came over from Iran and was successful in an industry 
that was really, that is really pop culture and was, and, and was a success as a professional wrestler in the United States. And it was all based on, you know, his nationality and, and how he looked and how he portrayed himself and Iran and, and he made the people believe. I mean, he's in the ring. I mean, I, I, I can't, between him and Nikolai Volkov, the, the ring would be littered with debris, would it not, Tony? I mean, it's just, yeah. it was just an unbelievable scene that I don't know if you would see that in wrestling today. No, I don't think so. I really don't think you would because, uh, you know, that he came through at a, at a different time. Right. Absolutely. We're talking way before social media, way before cell phones. I mean, I mean, cable television was just breaking in and, and MTV and he was My at the right place at the right time. They needed a reason to get the belt off of Bob Backlund. And it made total sense to give it to the Iron Sheik. He was a transitional champion. What, what did he say? That Hollywood blonde Hulk Hogan, right? No, yeah. <laughs> so it was 30, um, make him 30 or 40 days later, right? 30 or 40 days later, back in Madison Square Garden, you know, Hulk Hogan, one of the first wrestlers that I know that got out of the camel clutch and then, you know, beat the Iron Sheik for the WWF championship. And then that's when, that's when wrestling went mainstream. Yeah. After yeah, that. Yeah. But it really did. The Iron Sheik was pivotal, pivotal in a transition that was so delicate because you were literally taking it off of Bob Backlund, who had the title for a number of years. And, and, but Vince saw the, Vince McMahon saw the vision, and the Sheik was a key player. In that, and, and he'll always say that, that Hollywood blonde, Hulk <laughs> Hogan. Yeah. You yeah. know, but, uh, yeah. you know, because really, Sheik, you know, in, in my mind, I don't even think Sheik even got a, even a rematch for the title. If, if I no. could be wrong. No, I don't think he did. Because he always said that Hollywood blonde owes me one more match. He yeah. always would say it, even decades later. Yeah, and he never got it. <laughs> He never got the return match at MSG, or I don't think, I don't think even at the county fair, you know, or no. anywhere in between. I don't think you so. know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not being, you know, facetious there, but I, you know, but again, but then he, he found a way. The Iron Sheik found a way to stay on top, and Vince rewarded him with teaming him with Nikolai Volkov, and then they became the WWF Tag Team Champions. Yeah, and held those belts for quite and, a while. And they did hold those belts for quite a while. They lost them and won yes. them right back. And, and, of course, we'll get more into that a little bit later. Uh, but before we uh, talk more about the Sheik, what I'd like to do right now is, because uh, he has some great promos, uh, let's, let's, mm -hmm. let, let's go to one of these promos right now as the Sheik is talking about, how about that world heavyweight belt? And in addition, Iron Sheik, if I could prevail upon a former World's Wrestling Federation heavyweight champ to come on in and join me, Iron Sheik, it is going to be you one-on-one -on -one against Mike Rotundo. Boston, Massachusetts. Mr. Mike Rotundo, you remind me one of that good-looking Italian people in the Boston, Massachusetts. I know you have a lot of support. I know all American boys are going to come see you. And I heard he's a, what do you call it, state champion of the Syracuse University for yeah, yeah, the Sy Syracuse University, you're right there. Sir. That's it. I know about your background already reading in Tehran, Iran. I know. I know all American patriots in the Boston, Massachusetts, behind you, they're going to say, USA, USA, whatever. But remember, Master, Max Rotondo, how about the background of the Sheik from Tehran, Iran, to Pan-American game, AAU game, Olympics, Olympics, heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion. How about the world heavyweight belt? That's what I said, the world's heavyweight champion, Sheik, please. Max Rotondo, remember, you're resting with your master. You're resting with the Aaron Sheik, world class, Olympic class, 
Boston, Massachusetts. I hope all your American people have enough gasoline or time to come to the Boston Garden. And then we're going to find out who... There it was. The Iron Sheik talking about coming to Boston and he's going to embarrass Mike Rotunda. Chris, what do you think about that? I mean, that was a hot feud, Tony. I mean, whether Sheik was taking on Rotunda one-on-one, Rotunda Wyndham and tag action with Volkov, that was a hot, hot feud that really extended the careers for the Sheik and Volkov and their reign as, 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 as tag team champions. But Tony, they, they were they were wrestling there every town every night back then, every yeah. other night. Yeah, they were. And, and 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 classic Sheik would 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 spit during interviews. Would spit when they got in the ring. I mean, and it just fired people up. I mean, that this guy was from Tehran, Iran, and the United States. I mean, we're going through. This is when Ronald Reagan was in office. I mean, Ronald Reagan was a Republican president from 80, 1980 to 88. And we were in some lockjaw, you know, you know, negotiating with Iran. And, and the WWF took this storyline to television. Yeah. And in, in a way, deal. correct. And, 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 and Vince McMahon made a lot of money off of this. And, but the Sheik had respect. The Sheik had respect behind him because I think a lot of people understood of his amateur background and his success. And he came to America and migrated here, you know, and then became a U.S. citizen. So I think he had that respect behind him. And but he made a lot of money. He made a lot of money for the WWF. Uh, over over the years, and uh, um, and, and always remained loyal. Oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if he was booked, he was going to be there, and 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 he was just one of those old school guys that, you know, you don't screw over a promoter. You take that booking, you honor that booking. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and I don't know how much of that is 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 practice these days. Not you much, know, that's for but sure. he was. Yeah, you know, he was definitely old old school and, and, and very well respected in the business. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, strong, strong as an ox, strong as an ox. And, and I'm going to tell you, Sheik in his prime, I don't know. And Tony, I don't know if outside the ring, you'd want to get into it with them in a, in a bar or somewhere out in public because oh, in no. his prime, I mean, I mean, he he could really hurt someone if he wanted to. Oh yeah, for Just sure. With the amateur background. I mean, you know, know, he talks about all the time about making Hogan humble, and I'm sure he made a lot of other mm-hmm. guys humble as well with the Campbell clutch. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, uh, but you know, Sheik was in there. He was at the right time in the WWF. Um, you know, and 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 has been in a couple of movies music videos, um, you know, he's got the, the, you had the mustache, um, you know, and, and, and he did well for himself and even years beyond that onto the independent wrestling scene as well with his, with his clubs challenge that he would bring from town to town and just getting in the ring and wrestling and, um, you know, and and just hearing the stories of, of, of sitting down with him and hearing the stories and how he talks about it, everybody. And, and, uh, you know, you know, he, he was there. He was there. He was there. I, I mean, you can't there, take if, it away. He was, nope. yeah, he was there. If, if there was a promotion that was, that was drawing money, the Sheik, the Sheik worked there. He, he worked for, uh, mid South wrestling, Georgia championship wrestling, WWF, WCW, NWA, uh, and probably tons of well, world-class championship wrestling, the AWA. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he was all over the place. And uh, and everywhere he went, he was over. So, uh, you know, you definitely can't take anything from the Sheik. And, and w- one of the funniest Sheik stories I've, that I've heard um, is the one where he talks about that when he came back to the WWF in 1983 to 84, uh, he made a, a return and challenged the WWF champion uh, Bob Backlund. Uh, Backlund yeah. accepted the uh, challenge, and as you spoke about earlier, 
you know, uh, the, the, the Sheik won and become WWF champion. Um, and then, of course, he ended up uh, defending that belt against guys like Chief J, Strongbow, Pat Patterson, Salvatore Belemo, uh, and tons of other uh, talent on TV, including Tito Santana. Uh, and uh, Tito almost won the title from him. Uh, but then two days later at Madison Square Garden, the Iron Sheik was scheduled for a rematch against Bob Backlund, uh, but he was replaced by Hulk Hogan. Five minutes in, the Sheik had Hogan locked in the camel clutch. He was making mm-hmm. he was making uh, Hogan humble. and uh, But Hogan was able to power to his feet uh, and uh, break the hold from the Sheik. Uh, it rammed the Sheik into the turnbuckle. Uh, which made the uh, the the Sheik uh, fall down, and then Hogan hit him with the uh, his new finisher, the atomic um, leg drop, got the pin, uh, won the world title, and uh, incidentally, uh, they they claim Hulkamania was launched at that point in time. Uh, but uh, the backstory, and this is a story I like to hear. The Sheik talks about going into that match. Uh, AWA owner Greg, uh, I'm sorry, Vern Gagne offered uh, the Sheik $100,000 to break Hogan's leg uh, and return to the AWA with the WWF title. Imagine if uh, the Sheik hadn't have been, uh, you know, um, uh, faithful to Vince McMahon and had taken uh, Ganya's money and broke Hogan's leg and brought the title back to the, to the AWA. Imagine what, what that would have done to the landscape of pro wrestling. Yeah, it was an interesting offer. I, I you, you, you know, we go back to Vern Gagne. You know, never put. You, you know, he had, Vern Gagne had Hogan. Yeah, well, he had them all. He, he had, had him. He had. He had, he, had, he had Hogan. He had uh, Gene Okerlund. He had the Iron right. Sheik. I mean, he. Uh, you think about it. Most of the guys that uh, became big stars. Around 83, 84, 85 with the WWF, they all came from the AWA just about. Right. And, that, and that's when Vince saw cable television, the opportunity for closed circuit television events, and we're going to go national with this thing. Um, and, and that's where Hogan came in the fit. Backlund was not the long term plan. We're going to go with the Hollywood Beach look. Yep. And, and Hogan, big, tan, 24 inch pythons in the arms. The biceps, and that was it. He was very yellow, marketable. red. It was marketable. It related to it related to kids. Hogan was also coming off of the Rocky Three movie as well, with with Thunderlips, and it was the right time. Totally, and MTV was coming into play as well, so it was the perfect storm. At the end of the day, yeah, and it everything lined and up. Sheik was there. Sheik was there, and he helped put Hogan on the map. And uh, and even though, like we talked about, he never got a rematch, it didn't uh, it it didn't hurt his career at all. That's for sure. No, it didn't. No, it did not hurt Sheik's career at all. And you know, he was always very loyal. And and Vince McMahon inducted him into the WWE Hall of Fame. And something that Sheik has been very proud of, Sergeant Slaughter inducted the Sheik into the Hall of Fame. And if my recollection is correct, I think Sheik might have had one of the longest speeches, induction speeches that he yeah. presented in the WWE Hall of Fame. And uh, But all what he was saying was true, and some of it was off the hip, but it was true. It was true, and uh, and you know I I think guys like the Iron Sheik and Ric Flair and you know some of the ones that really put pro wrestling on the map from the eighties I think they uh, deserve a time a moment like that a time to go on there and and thank everybody and 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 educate the people that may not know about their career. Absolutely, these were guys that at some point, yeah, they were flying. They were doing their thing, but they were also driving too from town to town. Some of them, oh yeah, you know, they still were. back at that time, you know, you know, depending on where they were from a mileage standpoint, some were still driving, you know. So made good money, lived in Georgia, um, you know, 
you know, you know, I had the pleasure of of, of working with with Sheik on numerous times on the indie scene. Um, a great guy. It, you know, it's it, what's great is to see in the club challenge he would do on the indie scene with the with the clubs and twirling them and challenging. You know, three, four, five fans to try to do it. No one ever beat him. No one even came close. No. Um, he had the trick and the knack to do it and the strength. Uh, it was all in the shoulders and the wrist mm-hmm. and in the, in the, in the knees and the hips. But, you know, but, but with that and, and, you know, he did his thing in the ring and win or lose didn't matter. And how long or short the match was didn't matter. It's, it's hearing the stories yeah, on the road, the matches, because this guy was in the ring with the best. I mean, he wrestled Andre, he wrestled Hogan, he wrestled Snuka. He, you know, we can go Pedro Morales, we can go down the list, you know, and you're not talking about someone who's just making this up because he was in Madison Square Garden every month wrestling. Every month. During that time. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the garden, you're getting paid. And he was getting paid no matter where you are on the show. Right. And he was getting paid. So really that well. was the place to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's talking, you know, one night I'm in Boston. Next night I'm in Philadelphia. Then I'm in D.C. Atlanta. I mean, it, it, it's just the, the stories. Yeah. It's just, and he just had a knack and a way of telling them. And he was truthful. There was no fluff. No, not at all. You know, and then one thing about Sheik, if he didn't like someone, he would tell you, you know, I like that guy. Yeah. He would tell you right out. What, Jabroni, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, he's a kiss ass, right? Or what, he would say it right out. Oh, yeah. Right? He, yeah. He, he stabbed people in the back. He, he would not pull any punches, and he would tell you straight no. up. He would tell you who his allies were, who his foes were, who, who his friends were. And uh, he would tell you all. Two faces. You know, he, he was very straightforward, and, and, and I think part of that was his, his heritage and his nationality and his background. Yeah. You know, he's very, very straight forward. And, you know, and that's where, you know, okay, yeah, this guy's, this guy's been there. He knows, Yeah, you know, this isn't some fly by nighter, you know, who had a run for a year and, you know, now he's on the indie circuit, you know, or or whatever, a two year run. Now he's on the indie circuit off of television. This guy was on TV, on major pay-per-views on national television, you know, so he had some substance, you know, behind him and, and, and what he was saying. Yep, exactly. And, uh, and, but, but the Sheik was an avid professional and he stayed that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, I, I met him at WrestleCade a couple of years ago. And even then, I mean, it was like, you know, he was so, so down to earth, so professional, you know, and, uh, uh, but he drew a crowd and pe- people still came around and talked to him and, Listen to his stories and and uh, and you know he he was the real deal. I mean, honestly, if, if you look back, Tony, and you go down the list, okay, you, you you know you 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 knew Ivan Koloff very well, correct? You yeah, Uncle Ivan. He held. He was a WWF heavyweight champion. Iron Sheik was a WWF heavyweight champion. How many guys down the road can you maybe say that I'm going to be able to meet who was the WWF heavyweight champion? Exactly. There may not be any on the list. No, not a, I don't think so. I mean, that legit held the title. And we, we know superstar Billy Graham passed away. Recently as well. I know we're talking about the Iron Sheik, but another one yeah, who held that's true. the title. You know, the guys are, you know, the guys are, you know, the old, the old, the old regime's going out. 
you know, the old regime now is Hogan. As yeah. crazy as that sounds. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, who after that would, I mean, um, right. I mean, if you start going down the line of who's held it, Savage, not, you know, he's not here. I mean, if you start thinking about this, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I've, I've heard some stories about Hogan right now in his health, but I mean, really the old regime, Sheik, Sheik's the old regime. Yeah, he was. If you really, if you really think about it, of who's held the title, you know, in succession, if you were to look at the history of that title, um, it's uh, it's uh, he was one that you really should cherish that you met and you knew and you had to share some stories with. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah. and then of course, he had his big comeback in the Gimmick Battle Royal on WWE mm-hmm. and end up winning that too. Well, Tony, I watched, you know, which really, you know, they, they, I watched his, actually, I did watch almost the whole two-hour biography on the Sheik the other night um, on A&E, and also they had one on Dusty Rhodes as well, uh, the American Dream, uh, another one. I, I, I can't believe it's been eight years since Dusty Rhodes has passed away. I know. I couldn't believe it's been eight years. Um, but, you know, with that said, you know, I didn't realize all the turmoil uh, Sheik went through with his family. I, I had no knowledge of that. Yeah. Um, of, uh, of, of, you know, and even Dusty, too, a little bit. Um, I didn't have all that till I watched it, but, but um, what they said was with that gimmick battle royal um, that Sheik participated in, they said that uh, there was a, that Vince McMahon made a last-minute switch and said, we have to have Sheik somehow end up being the last one in the ring because they were afraid to throw him over the top rope because of his knees and hips. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. They thought he would have snapped or broke a hip, broke a knee, you know. And, and you know, but, but in all honesty, uh, another way to give back, you know, that he won – yeah. That battle royal was inducted yeah. into the Hall of Fame, you know, um, you know. But I, I think at the end of the day, they were nervous that if we throw this guy over, <laughs> he may not be getting up. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, they had to do a uh, they had to do some shuffling of the deck. Yeah. I think at the uh, at the last minute, I, I don't think anyone had any squawks about it. Yeah. I no, would be shocked. No, but what was funny was when he came when he came out, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this the Sheik is there." And uh but And they did it took Sheik and then what it, Bobby Heenan's favorite quote was um Sheik's walking so slow we're going to be at the uh, what it was at WrestleMania, I believe, correct? Yeah. This happened. He said we're going to be like at WrestleMania 2 years down the road. The Sheik was walking so slow. Uh-huh. <laughs> but and- and Bobby's got some great one-liners anyway. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, uh, Sheik was a great man, um, great for the wrestling business, both at the professional level and the amateur level. Yes. You know, and uh, uh, a great ambassador for the sport. He, he's going to be sorely missed, but uh, um, he was a champion at a very – at probably he was the champion at the most pivotal time of professional wrestling, at least for the WWF going national. Yeah. He w- he was, the, he was the transitional champion and then Hogan took the ball and ran with it. And then we know how that story goes. We've talked right. about that. Yes. A number of times. And, you know, one of the things. But he was there. He was there. And and another thing that somebody may not, that some listeners may not even realize, but uh, the Iron Sheik had actually almost competed in the 1968 Summer Olympics for uh, for Greco-Roman wrestling for Iran. So, uh, yeah. so you know, the Olympic, uh, you know, so, so yeah. he was a real deal. He was. And like I said, I don't know if I'd want to be in his prime. I'm saying in Sheik's prime, yeah. 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s, 
I don't know if I'd want to mess with him behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? No, definitely. I mean, as far as legit, tough, Greco-Roman, and whatever other styles of wrestling or, or, or that he might have known, you know, he could he could you know mess some people up. Um, and I and, and even even Andre, you know, they they said that his matches with Andre were were were, were stiff. Right. Yeah. Right. You know. And I'm going to say Andre was, you know, back in the 70s, early 80s, where he was in his prime. So, you know, I mean, he's in there with, but, you know, Sheik doing whatever he needs to do, I guess. Uh, um, but, you know, did it in a way where he, he just got heat. Just, he got heat just from his look and the way he talked. Yeah. Period. He was a heat magnet. That was it. And the big flag. That's all. The big Iranian flag waving in the ring. That's all. But there was other things politically going on that drove that fire. Yeah, and I also think he and Nikolai yeah. were a good tag team, too. They were. You got Iran, and now you got Russia. So you got Ronald Reagan, Iran, and uh, uh, Gorbachev, uh, the, who was the Russian uh, president. Yeah. At that time, it was, it was the perfect thing. And then you got, and then you get Sergeant Slaughter, right? Slaughter. You know, everyone's going to cheer for him against these guys. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, um, you know, another American guy. And then you get Rotunda and Wyndham when they were doing their thing in the WWF yep. with the, the American Express. angle. So, right. Uh, Corporal Kirchner, right? They brought him in as well. You know, I mean, so. You, you know, McMahon was just throwing all these different angles at them from the U.S. angle, and and it worked. It, it was a it was a it was a money maker. It was never even a main event. It was a card. It was probably mid card, maybe mid upper card kind of storylines. Yeah, you but, know these tag team matches. But they all worked, and, and they all drew money, and it worked because because the storyline was already there. It was just it was the U.S. versus them. And the people back then bought it. Yep, they bought it big time. And it, it made it made money, whether it was in a big arena like Madison Square Garden, and even back then, Tony, the WWF they were still running some bigger high school gyms at that point for fundraisers, and they were running some smaller um, um, B or B towns, and they would bring that kind of stuff to those towns, you know, and they would be the main event that night. You know, they may not be in New York City. They might be, say, in Des Moines, Iowa. You know, in you know, and, and they would bring that kind of show in the people because they were they were they were faces on television every week. Yeah, er, every on the week. weekly syndications. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming to town, so they were making very, very, very good money um, back then, and. Um, they were all just riding the tide. Riding the tide and doing uh, everything that they should be doing to uh, to draw money and uh, to, uh, you know, make money uh, for uh, pro wrestling. And, and they kept drawing it and, and making the business larger and larger and larger. That was it. That was it. It was all about the business. And keeping the fans, and they were just keeping their images as fresh as they can to keep the storylines going. But very, very simple, um, very simple product from town to town. Yep. And, and and back then, it worked. Whether it would work today, I don't know. Uh, it might be a little more far fetched and far stretched, but that time, that era, those characters and gimmicks and images clicked with the fan base at that time. They, they worked really well during that time for sure. No doubt. Mm-hmm. I even saw, um, um, Ric Flair put a nice post up today as well. Oh yeah. Lot, um, the guys were coming out, uh, thanking the Sheik yeah. for, you know, his time in the business and his sacrifices and everything that he done. Uh, to make uh, to make the business uh, what it what it what it was 
for him. Right. Right. So, we, and, but he will. He will forever. Um, I'm not saying the list is so short today because titles do get changed. Though, you know, Roman Reigns has been the, the champion for a good number of days now. But the Iron Sheik will go down in this industry. And back then, it was a short list. I'm going mid '80s here of being a. WWF World Heavyweight Champion, albeit it was only for 30 or 40 days, but his name is on that list. And his name is definitely. I know a lot of guys would love to have their name on that list. So, you know, he'll something you can never something never be able to take away from him. Nope, not at all. He's uh, he was there and and uh, WWF Champion, WWF Tag Team Champion, and mm-hmm. of course he he. He was also uh, champions in uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, Mid South. Yep. I mean, he he held titles everywhere he went. Yeah. So uh, the, the, yeah, the I mean, I'm definitely... sure it's extensive. Um, you know, I'm sure it's extensive. You know, and even on a short list, how many WWF champions, world champions, have been the tag team champions? Right. Yeah, that's true. So probably another short list as well. So. You got to give it up because I know there's a lot of guys in this industry that will love to have those distinctions, distinctions, no matter how short or long the reigns uh, may or would have been. Yep, for sure. Well, fans, I think that's going to. Chris, you got anything else before we uh, close the podcast? Man, Tony, we've covered it all this week. We covered some rock and roll, we've covered wrestling current events and um and 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 a, and a tribute to uh a world heavyweight champion who uh in the iron sheik who did a, a lot for the business and uh i'm just going to leave it at that and may he rest in peace and uh um and think of all the good times but uh this has been a great show and a a great one for us to kick back uh, and getting more back into the podcast on a regular basis. Yeah, I know. I know you and I both have missed uh, talking to each other. I mean, we we have talked uh, without doing the podcast, but I mean, as far as being able to sit down here, uh, talk about wrestling and rock and roll, it's been a while since we've done that. So it's it's nice to catch up. Uh, and uh, and fans at home, make sure you go to wrestlecade.com and book your room, book your tickets, book your uh, your vent, your uh, your your autographs that you want to get, the people you want to meet. Uh, make sure you start start getting that planned out now because uh, those rooms are going to start going rather quickly. Uh, so right now is a good time to book your room, book your stay. Uh, right there at WrestleCade. And then also uh, make sure you join us in Morganton this Saturday, uh, June the 10th, for the NAWA uh, huge event there in Morganton. Uh, but also make sure you go on our Facebook page, uh, The Binge Buster Show. We, we have uh, merch available. We have the uh, Saturday Night Superstar, Tony Binge, Slam Buddies. We have a few of them still available. Uh, and also a new T-shirt is going to be dropping in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm excited about that. I can't wait for uh, for that to uh, to be available, uh, and and uh, their prices are going to be fairly reasonable on the t-shirts. Uh, the uh, Slam Buddies, you can just uh, message the uh, Facebook page, and we'll tell you exactly how you can pick up your Slam Buddy. I will have a few with me this Saturday in Morganton, and I'll be glad to autograph it for you uh, for for you right there in Morganton. Uh, and I, I, and Chris, I, I tell people, for all you people out there that's ever wanted to sleep with me, here's your chance. And all you people out there that want to punch me, here's your chance. Buy your slam, buddy. Fulfill your fulfill your 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 uh, your fantasy or your uh, desire, whichever it may be. Uh, but pick up a slam, buddy, today. Uh, there's only a few left, um, so uh, make sure you get them because once they're gone, they are history. They will be gone forever. So, uh, but, I'm uh, telling you, you don't want to get all those girls all fired up, Tony, over there. <laughs> I'm trying not to. And, and, and I'll tell you, if you're a female and you want to know how I smell, uh, when you order your Slam Buddy, just say, hey, uh, please make this just like you, and I'll spray my my infamous uh, cologne on it so that you, you, you'll you not only be able to sleep with me, but you'll be able to smell me at the same time. 
<laughs> there you go. That sounds like a plan. So great. Well, Chris, man, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I know your weekend's going to fill up pretty quickly, and uh, you you got your wedding to go to, and I've got my wrestling match oh. to go to, so it's going to be a, a fun weekend for both of us. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you for having me on tonight. Look forward to talking again to the fans next week, and uh, let's keep this thing going. I can't believe we're in June, but the summer's here, and it's uh, time to get out and have some fun. Ready to have some fun. And, uh, fans, next week we, we hope to have a guest. Uh, I had one lined up for this week, uh, but scheduling kind of prevented that, so maybe next week we'll have a surprise guest. But uh, any event, either way, Chris and I will be here next week. And uh, so we will see you then here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.